welcome to The Shout Radio. I'm here with Mahi Shah today who is actually working on her next piece on The Storyteller. For those of you who are familiar with that category, The Storyteller is a grandma. She lives uh, in a village down south in, uh, in southern India. And um, we believe that she brings a very, very different perspective to mythology. If any of you have read her character brief or the background of her character and where her thoughts and ideas come from, you will have noticed that she doesn't have a very run-off-the-mill, typical take on any of the stories that you read in mythology or maybe any of the stories that we have been taught or read to in a specific manner growing up. For us, the great Indian epics like the Ramayana or the Mahabharata primarily have been maybe see Rajgopalachari's versions of the Ramayana and Mahabharata and they're a pretty straightforward way of um, writing them and reading them because there's a hero, there's a villain, there's a fight, there's a war and then there's good over evil. But our granny recognizes that things are rarely that simple and rarely that black or white and she wants to look into these many shades of grey of the many different characters within the realm of not just Indian mythology but multiple different mythologies. Today we're here specifically to talk about aspects of Indian mythology and Mahi is going to take us through what she believes our granny might be reading or uh, might be exploring in order to arrive at the pieces or the storytelling that she does conduct under her banyan tree every day. So Mahi, what is the first text that you're going to talk to us about? Hi, I think that the first text um, or an entry into the world of Indian mythology should always be very basic. It should be simple because Indian mythology is so vast and diverse and you meet so many characters uh, through it all. So I think the first book would be Jaya by uh, Devdat Patnayak because it is a very sh- simple uh, retelling of the Mahabharata and um, I think it could even be described as a journey through ancient India because you not only meet characters, the various, uh, at least some of the main characters of the of the epic, but uh, he also introduces us to a lot of folklore that took place in the different states of India. And I think uh, this book is is important in a way that uh, you end not with a very firm and conclusive opinion. It it leaves you with both questions and answers. Um, And it's up to you, as mythology often is. It's it's your own interpretation and understanding of yourself, of your relationships, of your friendships. I'm glad you brought this aspect of diverse perspectives on a particular character or diverse understandings of a particular character because we are all so different at different phases in our lives and as we have been taught that history repeats itself so the same is probably true for mythology as well i want to take our readers back to one of the first few pieces that was released on the shout network and i think it was in the month that shout was launched itself This is a piece called uh, Demon Disintegrates and it essentially told the story of Ravana's humane side, you know, the fact that he had fallen madly in love with Sita and was pining and yearning for her love and we really saw a side to Ravan that would be totally 
unlike that of a demon. And uh, my any such texts that you have come across that have completely rattled you or changed your opinion of uh, a particular character and are they part of your reading list for Granny? Yeah, actually quite a few because um, in some of these books, so for example, The Palace of Illusions by Chitta Banerjee is uh, a retelling of the Mahabharat from the point of view of Draupadi. But what I found most interesting was her, uh, the way she described Karna and her and Karna and Draupadi's relationship, which was very, very beautifully portrayed. It may not have been love, but it was definitely some sort of connection. And that was my first uh, impression of Karna. And then I read Karna's Wife by Kavita Kane, and that was uh, the retelling of the Mahabharat from the point of view of Karna's wife. Now. Little did people know, and neither did I, that Karna was actually married to Uruvi. And uh, throughout the book, uh, I obviously, I love Karna. He's one of my favorite, favorite characters of the Mahabharat. And, but I often felt uh, empathy towards his wife because I knew of Karna and Draupadi's connection um, in, the prior, in the prior novel that I read. And so you do get different perspectives on the same character even when we you know when we go through this whole gamut of books that are there it's interesting that you've brought in this relationship and people sharing different relationships romantically for instance which was quite a possibility as elucidated in chitra banerjee's book between say Draupadi and Karna and maybe how that had repercussions on Karna's wife and her feelings and emotions and we see that so often in the stories of Lord Krishna and we sort of empathize with every female character that he has ever been associated with because he's such a charming man that anyone could be in love with but you always want to empathize with the woman that he is with in the immediate present and think of what that means for anybody else he's been with or any other woman that wants to be with him. So, any Krishna references? Yeah, actually, uh, I think again, Krishna is, I think, everybody's favorite. I don't think uh, anyone can not like the character and persona that, you know, is often portrayed in so many of these books. But one interesting book that I read was called Krishnayan by, it was actually a Gujarati novel and written by Kajal Oza Vaidya. And it was then translated by Bhavna Sumaya into English and it describes and explores um, the relationships uh, that Lord Krishna had with the three most important women in his life, Radha, Rukmini and Draupadi. And in throughout the book, the conversations have depth, have meaning and yet only give us a glimpse into the character um, and personality and layered person that Krishna is or was. And I think uh, for me, one of my favorite parts was that it not only describes relationships or friendships at a very superficial level or a very person-to-person physical level, but it, it goes beyond that. It goes, it, it goes into a spiritual realm, um, into sort of a, a higher truth, a higher power, uh, something like that, yeah. One point I definitely want to add here about the character of Granny herself. The reason primarily that a person of the age of Granny and with what we thought would entail and comprise of the wisdom that's required 
to understand mythology you definitely need to be at a certain age or you need to have experienced life in so many different stages and in so many different ways that we could not think of any other character besides an old grandma who's lived through everything and read everything and probably knows much more than any of us would because she's a relatable and a character that we would believe knows a lot and i think definitely maybe when she read a book like krishna krishnayan if i'm pronouncing that right um she's definitely somebody who could a empathize with the women and what they were feeling because she's gone through all these different emotions in her life perhaps and secondly also provide a very objective view of whatever their emotions are relative to krishna or relative to a being like krishna for us maybe as younger people we are just in love with krishna because he's as i said earlier just charming and charismatic and somebody that he's the life of the party in modern tongue but um, for the granny she can look past this figure of 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 somebody being the life of the party and somebody being charming and really see how he played out his relationships with all these different women where he slipped up where he shouldn't have where he could have been a little bit more a little less selfish a little more um considerate rather than us being clouded by this vision of krishna just being amazingly charming and beautiful and good looking and handsome and whatever it is that we have in our heads uh for him the the, the infatuation essentially but um what are the other references that you think granny would be looking at just something i'd like to add having said that why we chose granny to tell or to suggest um these novels but also that at each stage or at each point in our life we also will identify with a lot of what these characters have been through because someone once said that what happens what doesn't happen in the mahabharat doesn't happen anywhere else so we are going to go through some some similar experiences obviously in, in our own context in our own society um so whether it's the wisdom that we get many years later or the lessons that we learn right now at this age uh i think that you know we'll always find something to identify with in each of these characters um the one of the last novels that uh, granny would like to suggest is shikhandi and other queer tales they don't tell you because we you know right now we're seeing so much um about the lgbtq community and uh, the movement that is taking place all over the world and when i read this book also i realized that um or at least some of the opinions are that society earlier was much more open minded and much more tolerant than we are right now and uh, the book actually gives a collection of 30 short stories so it's not only about shikhandi but it is also about um, stories from different cultures because there have been characters and people in each culture who have um, had uh, have identified with another sexual orientation or have questioned their sexual have uh, questioned their sexual identity at various points in their life so i think it was it it is a great uh, introduction and it, it gives you an insight into gender and sexual identity and all those years ago you know in an era a bygone era that we don't even know has happened and there is the presence of all these different kinds of people or um, that don't necessarily fit into these gender binaries that we have believed and lived to believe throughout our lives and yes it would absolutely be interesting to see 
how granny responds to these different sexual identities preferences and how she weaves them into her stories i definitely want to also take the liberty to add a disclaimer over here because we're talking about this is that this podcast is only to outline and delineate in a way the references that granny would read or pick up from or maybe annotate in to find inspiration to tell her stories i don't think she is in any way lifting perspective from here and reproducing that in a piece that she either narrates or writes it's just for her to pick up from and then maybe share with the world in her own way in her own voice but as everyone knows you can't be a writer unless you read and uh, she obviously has her sources ancient or con- or unconventional and modern and contemporary and uh, i think she's she's pretty with it despite picking up from a bygone era as i said earlier uh, mai anything else you'd like to leave us with um before we have introduced granny enough <laughs> uh no just i'd like to just say that um a lot of the times especially in the world that we're living in right now there is a lot of negativity around us we are living in the midst of a pandemic in isolation so um we do tend to lose touch with our roots with our values and i think these stories particularly indian mythology do take you back they do give you a deeper understanding of yourself um of your purpose of they give you lessons um on how to deal with friendships relationships acceptance love uh righteousness everything that's beautiful and you're you're so right in reinforcing the fact that we do need to keep going back to our roots mahi's piece on the storyteller there has been one written previously and she's working towards her next which will be live on the network soon for everyone's information mythology and ancient texts and treatises and every ancient scripture that we read takes a lot of time and research and pondering and introspection and that's exactly what the shout network is all about we do put a lot of thought into everything which is why we're even doing a podcast to explain and convey the detailing and the kind of uh, research and the kind of um, depth that we want to go into for every piece so we are going to give mahi time to come out with this one and when it does we do hope you'll share in some of the perspective that she has to provide us with